Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hello everyone, welcome back to What A Maneuver Podcast, I'm Kev, and I'm pleased to say that I have gathered the four horsemen of Wham together tonight to record a special, light-hearted, um, pod and some bad wrestling opinions, or should I say unpopular wrestling opinions. As usual, I'm joined by the wonderful Mr. Sai. How Sai? How are you? Hello Kev, how are you? You good? I'm alright mate, I'm alright. Someone who's just recovered from injury is Mr. Xander Staff. Xander, how are you? Hi, I'm doing much better now mate, thank you. And if Xander is the muscle that makes Craig the brains of the operation, Craig, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Right, we all have our opinions on wrestling. Not everyone is as right as I am. Some people have bad opinions on wrestling. Some people have unpopular opinions on wrestling. So we ask for some feedback. We ask for some listeners' opinions, some outputs. Some we can read out, some we cannot. Uh, uh, I'm just going to do this as an open forum. So whoever wants to jump in can jump in. I'm going to start with the first one. If you if you want to say something, just to say, just jump right in and give me your opinion on it. Uh, I'll read out the first couple of lines. I won't use names or usernames or sign-ons or Twitter handles or anything like that to protect the innocent. Um, <laughs> but, okay, here we go. Sheamus is as good as anyone in the ring. WWE generally do right by talent more often than do them wrong. Bray Wyatt see, is completely see that one off there, on sorry. the ring. On you that, go. That, yeah. one about, that, that one about doing uh, talent right more often than not, like... There isn't any good evidence of that in the last two years. Probably even three years, actually. In the last three years, there is no good evidence to show that WWE treat uh, their talent well. Yeah, they, they don't even CM treat them as talent sometimes as well. They treat them as... Um, Independent as contractors. Aye, that's, yeah. that's it. Like, they, don't even, they don't even treat them as if like, they own them. They treat them as as, all, as if it's all, all down to them, which like I wouldn't say that's treating them well, really. No, it's definitely... Yeah, but, CM Punk goes back to him. Yeah, exactly. Good brothers have a contract, for, and they're just releasing them. <laughs> it's just that was, I know, that was strange, wasn't it? It was just sort of it was a panic signing <clears> trying <throat> to sign up everyone to stop them going to AEW, and then people that wanted to go to AEW generally went. <laughs> it's, it, I I agree. I, I think WWE might be reaping what they've sowed for the last so many years with. I mean, you could go back to all the daft things they do with them, the the whole Twitch thing, like we said, the independent contractor status, and AEW is far from perfect, but at least they, they sort of treat them as adults, and I'm sure we'll touch on it. Craig's favourite show, along with mine, is currently Roads to the Top, and they're giving Brandy extended paternity leave and maternity leave and stuff like that, so uh, I don't know if I agree with that one either. Um, no, WWE, they... They have a good side, they're not all bad, right, because we've all heard about them paying for people's rehabs and, and doing yeah, stuff like yeah. that, so they're not all bad, right, I, I don't ever believe in just saying everything's bad just to, to fit a narrative, but um, aye, they're, they're certainly not perfect and far, far from it. Bray Wyatt is awful on the ring, which is always going to be an issue. Anyone disagree with that, that they can think he's good in the ring, or is it just quite simply he's a character? Uh, is it, uh, he... All of his matches are gimmick matches. 
like and and kind of and I think that does kind of shatter the fact that he's maybe not just that much talented in the ring as, as the rest of them are. Like his um, I think his greatest match under the Fiend character was probably with Daniel Bryan, but you know that's Daniel Bryan he's in the ring with. Uh, so it's always going to be a good match regardless. So uh, so so yeah, I I I sort of a I sort of agree with that in a way, but it's also kind of like. I don't actually think we've really seen him wrestle, to be honest, to really give an opinion on it. I think there's there's like two sides to Wyndham Rotunda's um, career. You've got the Husky Harris, where he looks like a damn good worker, um, but the character's lacking. And then he gets a character and doesn't get the chance to showcase his work. So maybe he just needs to go somewhere and get a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> I think that Bray Wyatt was wasted and the Wyatt family was wasted by WWE. Mm-hmm. I'd have loved to have seen that gimmick in the Attitude Era or something. I think that yeah. would have been brilliant. That, that they would have... The fact he turns into a WrestleMania jobber, you know, I mean, you're talking about trying to build up a new star. He's like 30. WrestleMania 30, he's fed to Cena, then Taker at 31, 32, the whole family's battered by... Rock and Cena, 33, um, drops the title to Orton. 34, he turns up to help Hardy in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, I think. Yeah. So, you know, you're wanting to try and have big moments for a character that's, you know, getting popularity. But then, when it comes to the big stage, he's, you know, Virgil. <laughs> uh, we may come back to him. Yeah. Uh, this is this is one from a, a total pest who shares bad opinions on everything. WCW nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and one was indefinitely better than the shite served up by modern <laughs> WWE. <laughs> that guy is having a chuckle because that's that's him. <laughs> spot on. No, I, I mean I get more entertainment out of going back and watching them than I do watching the current the current product. I mean it's not even. Close. It's just it's it's rose to the top, you know. It's so yep. shite is brilliant. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's the reason we've, we've went back. We've watched old WCW. It is terrible, but I mean, come on, it's so much better to sit and watch one of those shows than it is to to sit and try and sit through three hours of Raw. The SmackDown's a bit better, I suppose, but no, WWE what? product in the whole is vastly inferior to what WCW were often between the downfall years of '99 and 2001. I think what's um I, I think what's good about it though is that like if if you were to go on the network and just go and watch ninety nine WCW like then just stick on a night show you know it's going to be terrible or yeah. you know you can stick on a pay per view like you know it's going to be terrible so so you expect the worst and you get the worst whereas when you're trying to watch Raw these days uh, and, and Raw especially it's it's kind of like you 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 have a little bit of hope in you that, that it's going to be a decent show and it turns out to just be utter bollocks. For the entire three hours, and and that that just really sucks. Like the, the only redeeming factor right now of of regular WWE programming is SmackDown, which is really yeah. surprising to say in twenty twenty one. To be honest, oh you're right, that is. I know, but I would see the opening to last um, to Friday night SmackDown where they've got Sasha standing on the table and Bianca Bianca in the ring, and then Becky on her couch. It's like, what is the point? Is that? Ah. Uh, I, I like I like like ninety nine WCW even when even when Russo was there because you could tell his 
input wasn't immediately there, but when Hall and Nash came back and were just doing whatever the hell they wanted and just blatantly didn't give a shit, just decided to be entertaining. <laughs> Guilty pleasure, slightly nasty voice for me. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I think it goes back to what Ollie Anderson said to Jim Cornette all those years ago. Cornette, I used to think you were a dumb fuck, but then all, the, all these other dumb fucks come along and you moved up the ladder without doing anything. I think WCW 99 is pretty shite, but then in the last 10 years or so, WWE TV has got worse and worse and worse. What else have we got here? Oh, oh, our first mention of the night. Cody is actually decent to watch in the ring. Mm. Any, any bites? <laughs> no, not even Cody. I just gave that a nibble. Nah, it's not... I mean, he's he is, he's okay, but he's not... As good as what, what he thinks he is. I mean, we've seen that show that he does as well. We've seen that with me and Kev. I think I've seen all the episodes up to date so far. It's so bad. It's good TV. It's just horrific. Um, <clears throat> Colney, he's been slagging it rotten as well. These two, I wouldn't say they're deluded. They're just full of their own self-importance and such. They lack so much self-awareness. It's unbelievable uh, when it comes to their, their accomplishments. I don't know if it's all for the cameras or what, but to be honest, I don't think it is. I think that's how they just generally are in person. No, he's um, had chance after chance, gimmick after gimmick. Um, and you see now, we, we, we knew fine well what was going to happen when the, when the crowds came back, that they were going to shit all over him. And you know it's, it's been proved that it's happened. I think it's an upbringing thing, you know. It's like, you see their age, you don't believe yourself, nobody else will. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Dusty Rhodes has that? He doesn't like age really. I don't even know if Randy Rose was black until they told us like 15 times in the first episode. Uh, Apparently as well, Goldust is his brother. I don't know where that came from, but... He uh, doesn't like to mention these things, but I think he, him, him and Brandy could be the biggest heroes in wrestling. See if they continue to play this, whether they believe it or not. And I'd book him to become the champion and just say, well, I'm an EVP. I know I said I wasn't going to compete, win the title, and then put the women's belt on Brandy. Oh, that would be nuclear heat. You might actually yeah. get people storming the ring. I wouldn't be surprised if they give her this new TBS women's title, if, if it does go with uh, the heel turn. But uh, no, the two of them have got to come as a package now. And you do, when she was at the last pay-per-view, she came out with him and the fans just kind of shat all over that as well when he's facing black. So... I'm looking to forward to seeing how it goes. To be honest, the, the, the Triple H and Stephanie that you ordered on Wish, and, <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, we're, we're basically describing the McMahon-Helmsley era. So, yeah. tw- 21 <laughs> years later, I know wrestling's in cycles, but here we go. Uh, what else have we got? Macho Man was right about Hogan lusting after his Liz. <laughs> Might have had a point. Uh, this is probably one for Xander. Impact is the most underrated show on TV. Now, I'm going to assume that's just wrestling TV and not the full TV. It's the uh, world, but I hope he doesn't mean all television because that's definitely wrong. But uh, <laughs> in, 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 terms of, in terms of wrestling TV, um, it's getting better. Like, I, I will admit, I don't... Um, I don't watch weekly like, like I used to, but like when I'm able to catch a show, like it, it does feel like... Um, a show that I can sit and actually be proud that I'm watching rather unlike you know unlike Raw when I'm like two hours forty oh, minutes in and I'm like why the fuck am I doing this to myself? Um, <laughs> no, nah, but uh, yeah, it impacts a lot of fun and now that they've got that sort of like 
connection with AEW that it's going to be even more fun in the future because there might even be an impact pay-per-view in the future where we see more AEW stars come in and stuff or they might even do like a little invasion angle at some point like it's all it's all you know it's all better if they want to do it so Right, okay, some AEW stuff here. Omega is average. Young Bucks would flop in WWE. Sami Zayn is every bit as talented as Danielson and can easily main event. Kevin Owens is too fat to be a star. CM Punk is never the best in the world. And Lesnar is actually a great in-ring worker. Who wants to go first? It's a lot to pick off there. I agree with every <laughs> single one of them. Um. Omega. I wouldn't say Kevin Owens is too fat to be a star. No, that's that. Don't agree with that. Um, Lesnar's a different class when he puts his mind to it, for definite. Um, yeah, when, when, when Lesnar's in the mood, he's one of the best in the world. CM Punk, yeah, I'd probably say he's, he's not. Even at his height, it wasn't the best. Um, what else was it? Omega, yeah, he's on the mic, he's BDO. Omega's average. Yeah, on the mic, he's not based on. I mean, I, I don't like Kenny Omega. I don't like Kenny Omega, but... It's, I understand why people would like him. Same with the Young Bucks, right? I, I have no time. Craig, we, we're in agreement here. We've absolutely no time for Young Bucks. But would they flop in WWE? They wouldn't be allowed to do all the stuff they do. They need to do the WWE standard tag team match. So they would, like everyone else, they would just get blood into the machine. That's what WWE do now. They don't make stars. They just sort of blood everyone in. Young Bucks would flop in the main roster, but give them like the NXT tag team writing and they'll they'll thrive. You you wonder how they would have coped if they if they went in NXT a year or two ago when you had like American Alpha, uh, the Revival and a couple of other teams and they were under like a stricter like under Triple H. You wonder if they would have been able to contain their annoyance, their annoying flicks and tricks and whatever. They, they, and actually try yeah, and they would have been like, I think they would have been hammered down maybe like promo wise because obviously right now the Unbox just say whatever they want because they're, you know, get part ownership of the company. But uh, again, if, if they were put in NXT, they would definitely be like hammered in uh, character wise. But when it came to the in ring stuff, they would probably be, um, you know, given the green light to do most things because that, that, you're kind of you're giving that in NXT a lot of the time. It's it's always um, main roster you're, that you're micromanaged by Vince and just that way. If you're to go back 30 years ago to the golden era, they'd be on par with the Rockers. Now, I'm not for one minute saying either one of them is Shawn Michaels, but as a tag team, they'd stand out because of the moves that they can do if they were to do proper wrestling moves as opposed to kissing Kenny Omega. And I actually <laughs> did watch an AEW episode. And, yeah, they'd, they'd have an identity as a tag team like the Rockers did, like every tag team did in that era. But there's no way they are going to be, like Cody, as big or as good as they think they are. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, what we got here? Another couple of quick rapid ones. The Undertaker streak was mostly shite. <laughs> See, realistically, there's a lot of dross in it. And it was push up until Kevin Nash. Yeah, it was rubbish right, up until Nash. Started taking. I mean, who was it? Right, Jake was okay. Snooker was like, his first WrestleMania match. Um, and you've got Jank Gonzalez. Missing for ten. Got, then you've got Bundy. Bundy. Uh, then you've then um, you've got Diesel, and it's arguable if 
Nash hadn't put his notice in if you didn't had a streak. Yeah, you know, exactly. if Nash wasn't if Nash wasn't leaving, it's interesting to see where they would have gone with that one. With Sean being the champion, thirteen you go to Sid. Um, that one was Sid thirteen leg. No, that's fourteen game. Thirteen's on for thirteen's on for shit. Sid shits his pants allegedly. <laughs> oh, all right. 14, 14's Kane, 15's Boss Man, Hell in a Cell. That was, um, poor. that was rotten. Missing for 16, 17 with Triple H as Biker Taker, and Motorhead played Triple H the ring. was good. Flair. Oh, and game, and how you game. <laughs> <laughs> we're Motorhead, we're going to kick your ass. Oh, uh, no what did we get up to? Uh, 18 Flair. Flair at 18. 19 tag match. It wasn't a tag match with Nathan Jones against Big Show and Albert. is meh. 20 <laughs> were back to Kane. Twi- 21 Orton. That was decent. That was good. Yep. Was, was supposed to beat him, apparently. <laughs> good, good. Uh, the night before. 20, 22 casket match with Mark Henry. Mm. I love Mark Henry. Someone's going to get the wig split. Um, 23 Batista. Can't argue with that one. That was good. Yep. 24 Edge. Edge, I. Probably shouldn't have been the final match in the card, but that's another one whereby the world title match was meh compared to the matches before it. Probably should have been Flair Michaels closing that one. Uh, 25 25 and 26 of Sean Michaels some of the greatest matches yeah. ever yeah and then we're getting 27 28 Triple H mm. 27 28 in the Gallus was good 20, 27 27 was a standard Triple H 25 minute hour you should be shaving two minutes off a match every year from that point onward um 29 Punk. That was a game. I like that. But I'm, I'm yeah, Adam. Paul, Paul Heyman going to the ring with the Undertaker and then dancing eh, with the urn and dancing down to it. That was, that was hilarious. Uh, and a great match as well. And then 30 Lesnar. Rubbish. Mm, so what we're saying, definitely got better as it went on. When it became a thing, it started getting better. Like, I, I, think, I think from 19 onwards. It is really when, you know, not only does the aura of trying to beat Taker and Mania uh, be there, but it's also just that Taker's sort of in that um, sort of prime age around that time where it's just kind of like he's going to have a great match with anybody now. Yeah, it's 18 with Flair when he holds up the 10 fingers, and that's when it becomes a thing, and then you're getting, you know, there's maybe the Mark Henry, the Big Show, A-Train ones, or the, the Mez out of from that point forward. It's probably Undertaker's career. He, he went through periods where he was brilliant and then he was injured and broke down and I think he's been retiring for like the last 20 years it's been mooted, but we, we roll on. Uh, suicide dies are shite. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think they're, one they're another over, is fine. I wouldn't say they're shite. <clears throat> they're definitely overused. But like Seems everything like... in wrestling, somebody does it and then everybody has to do it and then they, they become... It's just another... It's another move in a match. It's like uh, the DDT. 
it's like like when, when 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 Big E sort of changed it up and he does like a spear through the ropes, like that's that's a good way to change that up. But it's also like it's really doesn't it's really just you know a different suicide dive that you're doing every match now. Uh, it's just like you say, it's just it's, it's a different spin on it, so that you're not doing the full it's, dive in it's you break, you break yeah. out for special occasions. It doesn't become a standard move of your repertoire. You are taking a risk with your body to hurt your opponent because the match means so much. You know, you don't do it. I mean, they used to have a go at McFoley because he'd be doing this cannonball off the ring apron onto the floor in front of twenty people. <laughs> Just like no, save, save it for when it counts. Um, and, and <laughs> You've got to take a big bomb, take it, take it uh, on a payday or a big pay per view or something. Aye, don't do it. Twenty people at an armory. Um, this fire burns is so much of a better entrance and cult of personality. Nah, oh, cult personality. Yeah, I kind of have that one. Yeah, um, that's wrong. Cult, cult of personality is sort of like in, it's sort of engraved punk into the wrestling like era. I think that song, just like, whenever you hear that sort of, like, scratch at the start, everyone went mental. Um, yeah. like, you know, no, nobody went mental with this fire burns. No. Um, what have we got? Three count and WCW were excellent in giving time to the gather. Gamma's automatic keep with inbred hicks down south. Uh, <laughs> I actually quite like the three count, I must say. They, they were a very all-the-time gimmick. I don't know how much you boys have seen of them, but Although the, the only problem was that they used to feed the young, the, the young dragons. Was it size the young yeah, you, young, young dragons? And I, I think they just did yep. that match one every week. <laughs> so it was a bit of shield nitro towards the end. But I remember they used to come out with the sort of like the discs to stand on and do the wee dance moves. Oh and Jesus! <laughs> it was just a <laughs> take, take yeah, a late nineties boy band, is what it was. And that, WCW. Tank Abbott was their biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh here I think we've got one from uh, a Bill Watts um, more wrestlers should look tough a lot of modern wrestlers look like a bunch of nerds maybe that's why I appreciate Miro Moxley Big Drew and Roman more mm. I, I think, I think Moxley's the odd man out in that situation to be honest he's nowhere near as big as Miro and Roman or Drew it may not be as big but I, I do I, I feel like you'd want to fancy him at a square go as if you're in the stands and you have a couple of drinks, I think you could batter the Miz. You could probably think you could batter Daniel Bryan. Um, oh no, I, I, no. I, I, I never these guys would just legit kill you. I never challenge Mox to get a fight. Times down, but like, see if I'm sober, I know I'm not challenging Miro to a fight or no, Reigns no, or, or McIntyre. But if, if I was sober and and was concentrating, I could probably take out Moxley. Mox is a bit of an idiot when it comes to like. What he does in the ring, and, I, and like I kind of like that about him because he's, you know, it's a bit different that way. Where it's like I'm going to do this really daft thing, and it's going to work. Kind of like I kind of like that. Okay, we talked about the Undertaker's streak. Let's look at Brock Lesnar's comeback from 2012, and what's the worst WrestleMania match he had? Dean Ambrose. Yeah. I think because that was Lesnar basically refused really to do much for him. Yeah. It's it's just I, I just. Could never find him believable, and I think when he became WWE champion, and he did that promo when he was on the Broken Skull sessions with Austin, and it's like, 
What? What are you on, man? Yeah, he kind of. I think that's when Vince probably had turned the reverse gear on him because he just kind of didn't endear himself at all on that, and that's probably why he was stuck in the mid card for the rest of his his run and where he is now. So, do, do you remember the two things I'll say about Dean Ambrose? Do you remember the stupid movie he used to do off the ropes? Yeah, I yeah. And it was it's a life for me, man. It's it was so stupid. It was, it was the way that it was the way that Cole described it. It's like it's wacky line, and I'm like, what the heck? And it was like back to the episode of The Simpsons where Bart gets a factory, and him and Milhouse are shaking the steps, and they go wacky shack, and you know, it just it was just cartoonish. <laughs> and this guy's supposed to be a hard a hardcore nutter. Uh, they also, I think, ruined a wonderful storyline. Do you remember when? Seth was WWE champion, he'd not long turned on the shield and I think he defended the title against Ambrose or, and he wasn't getting another title shot. I think they missed an opportunity to sort of capture the sort of sting magic where like they they said that or it was Ambrose going for the title or something, but I think they could have done something where Ambrose doesn't wrestle and he doesn't really appear, but he just appears every now and again and it's just to mess with Seth until eventually Seth gives him like a title shot or something. Just one of those long-running ones where they keep it going over a year. I mean, you least expect that Ambrose appears. But again, like WWE do, two, two months later they reform the Shield or something and ended up forgotten about it. It was just daft. But again, this is one of those missed opportunities. That entire storyline where they had um, Ambrose just like beating the shit out of Rollins every week because Rollins ruined the Shield was some of his best work in WWE. Just because it was, because he, he had, he clearly had a vendetta against the guy. And, uh, yeah. and, 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 and he, and he walked out through a good couple of months. And, and, and like, what, what really annoys me during that time, and I think a lot of other fans really caught on as well, was that it just felt like Roman Reigns didn't care during that point because Vince was really set on him just being the guy, uh, in the future. So they had Reigns just sort of stay away from that storyline, but then he brought him in later on and it was kind of weird, but, uh, but I, 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 Ambrose just like beating the crap out of him every every week on Raw was like some of the best stuff on it because it, like, of course you'd bother the guy that that sort of ruined um, what was so great uh, about your career. Like of course you would do that. Was that not? Did that heel turn not come the night that Reigns announced he had leukemia? And then he was doing the Batman thing, and then he did that. Shit yeah, they were they were the champions. Yeah, and then he did that stupid thing with the gas mask. Yeah, that that came the following weeks. Yeah, that's that, that was when he was on his way out, really, and he, he was just no giving a shit anymore. Ah, and then Ro- Ro- uh, Reigns comes back, and they just do that one last ride of the shield. Yeah, and that was him. And then he was AEW a couple of months later. The thing I would also love to see, and again, if WWE had any sort of decent booking committee, they could have booked it where they had they could. What you say is that I want the Shield to be in a three-way main event at WrestleMania for the WWE title. So you give one of them a heel, the belt, you give one of them the money in the bank, and you let the other one win the Rumble. So you think you're heading at the Rumble, it's one-on-one, who's the best member of the Shield? And the last guy comes out two weeks before the pay-per-view or whatever it is and says, look, money in the bank can cash in, this is a three-way. You build a big match by one of the most over-factions in the last five, ten years. There's a main event. That's what they said about, but they, they made an arse of it. Um, what else we got here? Again, just stop me, right, because this is a, a list. Big Drew is honking and promos and backstage skits. Right, I think was overrated. Uh, I was going to say, about, 
of it, Drew. That's mostly down to the way he's been booked in the last year or so. They've just totally screwed him over. And I, I don't know if that's down to him as well, getting involved in his his character writing or whatever. But no, this this kilt and sword stuff, it's just no him. It's it's crap. It's just, and it sums I, up. I think you said to me years ago <clears> that Brent's going to turn him into Braveheart the minute he starts to get over. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look at exactly. They've given makeup and everything at times. So I mean, he's he's not he's good on the mic when he wants to be. It's it's what they're writing for him, and it's absolutely brutal just he's, now. And it's he's he's basically Hulk McHogan. Yeah, that's it. And, and they're they're going to move him over to SmackDown now. So I don't know if he's going to get lost in the shuffle because I can't see him unless they they need to rebuild him and repackage him um, on there to, if he's going to go up against Reigns, but. God yeah. knows how that's going to work in the next couple of months. Yeah, because the jump. Sorry, Nico, sorry. No, sorry, I'll, I'll ask you and you can continue. Do you think he would jump to AEW? Jump to AEW? Um, that's a good question, actually. I, I, think, he, I think he would, given, uh, given the opportunity, because, you know, that, that is sort of where he, he, he made his name properly. It was uh, just sort of t- touring around America and then coming back to uh, to Europe and doing a lot of stuff. Like that's, that's sort of how he... He got his mojo back again, and that's why he went back to WWE. And, and it's such a shame because I feel like when he won the Rumble and from Rumble to Mania, I thought he was I thought he was incredible. I thought he was like yeah. the best thing to watch on Raw. And and after that, they they just totally scuffed him. I, I thought I thought he started his WWE title reign fine, and then uh, and then like later on, he's facing guys like Ziggler and stuff, and it's just kind of like, what, what is this? This just feels like what he did with Kofi, and, and, and it made sense with Kofi because that was sort of like. This is your life, Robbie McIntyre. This is kind of like we don't really have anybody for you, so we're just going to give yeah. you the same guys again. It just, it just felt annoying at the end. You know, it's just a victim of the pandemic because you know my favourite, you know, Rumble to WrestleMania story arc is <coughs> the guy going for his his first world title. You know, um, Shawn Michaels '96. He who must not be mentioned, 2004, um, not so much Mysterio in 06, but you know, when you get that guy and he's shot in the rumble and he's on the way to WrestleMania and he's got a, a real challenging opponent like Lesnar and for the way it happened with the pandemic was unfortunate. I don't mind the likes of the, the, the Ziggler feud in between, like for the, the B pay-per-views because you don't, you know, blow your load in a winner, and there is a little bit of a history. And even with Ziggler bringing Heath back in after he'd not long been released, you know, there's there's elements of story in that. But it's just it's, it's who it's who do you work with? And the other one as well is like when Lashley, uh, Lashley, um, after SummerSlam, you're going, where does he go after that? Who does he feud with? And eventually they got Big E to cash in and take the title off just to keep it fresh. Again, it's WWE's booking that purely if Vince comes in at you and says, okay, Drew's winning the Rumble, he's going to go in and beat Brock for the belt at Mania, then Brock, we're not going to use Brock again. The question is then, who does Drew face at SummerSlam? Who does he face at Survivor Series? And then, like Craig says, who are we filling, who are we filling in these weeks? Who are we filling in these, these B shows with? But they, they just, they're incapable of doing it. When they have Hogan, or, or think, or think outside the box. I mean, remember with the Dirt Tag Team one, and it was, you know, SummerSlam was tag team main events in the in the first few years. And you then moved on to Survivor Series. You don't need to have 
one-on-one for the title or, you know, every pay-per-view. In fact, sometimes you don't even need to have the champion on the pay-per-view just to make it a little bit fresher because in the interim period, you can quite often have God knows how many title matches in between pay-per-views nowadays. Um, And they just don't seem able to have that, you know, milestones of who's going to get elevated to the point for this big show that we can then do. I mean, how many times now are we seeing Reigns Lesnar? You know, it's like WrestleMania 31, the first main event is, so this is like now a six-year rivalry. <clears throat> and it just never seems to go away. Uh, I'm not at the cold front anymore, so I, I don't see much of WWE, so I kind of see that bothers me, but as it's they just fail to elevate people and then they panic and they try something and when it doesn't work right away they abandon it. Yeah, that, that's so why we, half of the that's why half the stars are now in, in the opposite company. I mean, it's it just sums them up. They don't have any clue what they're doing or how to build anything anymore. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have faith. I don't. I don't think you have faith in WWE to build you a star. No. Remember the, the one that, podcast saying Vince need Vince just needs a hit and. Roman is doing wonderfully now, right? With the bits I've seen and everybody says he's doing amazing. Is anyone else in WWE doing really amazing just now? No. I think this guy in NXT is going to get hot shotted right to the to, he'll win the title and then he I, I can see him being on the main roster by the rumble time. That is it it's Steiner's son, but we call him Braun, whatever he is. Breaker. Braun Breaker. He'll he'll be on the main roster by January. And I he'll be, be the next big thing. I hope he brings his uncle in with him. <laughs> Can you imagine him coming back? But no, it's probably an apology for Triple H to, to Steiner to push the nephew. And so it looks as like if he's getting pushed out to the moon, to be honest. He looks as like if he's going to be the one that's going to go, he'll lead them into this new generation of stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested thought, in that. I've often thought that WWE's biggest problem for not being able to create stars is because they've started taking everything in-house. You know, it's not like they're putting them out to do mainstream movies. You know, they started doing their own films. They've started doing their own reality TV shows, etc. So it's all in the WWE universe. You know, it's not like they're appearing on mainstream television out with the, out with the existing shows um, that are put on by WWE. Whereas before you'd have Austin, he'd uh, obviously in Nash Bridges, right? Um, and that, uh, that and I think Sable was in something. So was China. You know, if you're not a, a wrestling fan, do you know who these people are? I mean, I think is Miss going on to Dance with the Stars or something like that. He's on it just now. I think yeah, he he's was, on uh, it now. Yeah. As, a, as a genie for the latest live action Aladdin. Actually, I Miss is doing quite well. That I mean. Miz, I, I don't really rate, but I think he is one of these guys that he'll be good at that sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas to get, you know, I mean, instead we're getting the Logan Pauls and such things being brought into the product to garner, um, to, and does you know, ex, to, to garner external eyes onto it. Logan Paul can go fuck himself. <laughs> and his brother. Uh, and his brother, his brother's boss actually, to be honest. Look, Logan's uh, he's cleaned his art up a little bit. His brother's a wee fucking dick. <laughs> oh, uh, here we go. What we got? Ric Flair was overrated. Right, you're sort of shit now. Move on. I think if you 
if you grew up in a certain era and you've seen Ric Flair in what, 2005, six, being a tag team champion with Roddy Piper when they're about 20 years past the prime, then it might be that. But I think if you were lucky enough to see Ric Flair, the traveling world champion in his prime in the early 80s, then you would have a different different opinion. It's different times. To me, it's a wee bit like if you go back and watch football from the 70s and you see the state of the pitch, you see the state of the stands, they've all got funny haircuts and you, it's no mid-blocks and all these sort of tactical things now. It's just 4-4-2. Well, if you're getting a big guy up front, it, it doesn't look as good to you like, nah, that's rubbish back then, but it's sometimes hard to see what's right in front of you. Okay, uh, you, you and I got the rest of it 91, both at the same mm-hmm. time, yeah? So, I remember Flair coming to WWE, and I hadn't seen a WCW, so my first viewing of Flair was my Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall um, videotape. And mm-hmm. he has to cheat to beat Tito Santana. And then... At Survivor Series, he is the sole survivor because he runs out the ring and hides from everyone whilst they're fighting. And then he goes into the Royal Rumble and wins it. And you're thinking, it's such a change from Hogan. So, you know, it's a total different, different um, manner of wrestling that you weren't used to. But originally, I thought, what the heck is Ric Flair? But that's more character. But... You know, you go back and watch the body of the work, and you know, some people say it's exactly the same, same match all the time, but no. Um, when he wrestled there in 93, when he'd gone back to WCW, it's like, yep, that is, that's when I really, really shone to him. Uh, ah, that, that's a story. That's a great pay per view, like, story wise. The way yep, they build it, and they build it up as a monster. And I was the same as you, like you said, we get in at the same time, so we're used to people like Hogan, Warrior, Savage all big, muscly, roided up guys competing for the big belt. And then, like you say, this wee guy comes in and you're like... This wee old guy. Because he looked up... Yeah. This wee old champion. This wee old guy that had to cheat to beat Tito Santana is a credible threat. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but perhaps that's just an age thing. Uh, what have we got here? Again, another shout for Seamus is one of the best in-line workers in WWE. I've often said that he's a great guy to have in your team because he can play several positions. He can maybe he's maybe not the guy, but he's he's one of the guys to have about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what have we got here? The original ECW was Pish. Mm, nah, I mean it was different for the time. So that's I the, think it's very much of the time. Yeah, and it was an alternative for people. So. I I'd, I'd say it's got a false legacy. I'd say it's got a false legacy, and if you were to look at it and compare it to TNA or Impact, um, that's actually left a, a better legacy in terms of matches, attendances, and, you know, stars that have came out of TNA versus what came out of ECW, because... Out with Taz and the Dudley Boys. Taz, RVD, and the Dudley Boys. And the Hardys. And the Hardys and Leo. Hardys weren't in ECW. I think they had a couple. I think they did a couple of shows in ECW before they went to WWE. Jericho. Jericho was in there, yeah. Uh, 
Nah, Jericho's Jericho was tuned in by then and he was in there for a cup of coffee. You know, in terms of <laughs> generated stars. Yeah. For me, uh, there wasn't, there wasn't many. I, I personally don't think he's that I personally think that was the point of ECW though. I think ECW was just WWE's doing uh, this realism thing, WWE's doing these uh, stupid character things, let's just yeah. be crazy and let's just do daft things with a bunch of <clears throat> like with a bunch of characters that all look like they're dressing the same because it, it really is just sort of like a bunch of people putting their street clothes on and just having a fight. I think that's sort of the difference that either the difference that ECW was supposed to be, and the fact that they did get stars out of it is kind of like just a bonus. It wasn't sort of like came in thinking, uh, you know, those Dudley Boy guys they're they're going to go far, or like, uh, oh Taz he's going to go far, Rob Van Dam he's going to go far. I think I think it was just pure luck based that these guys um, are sort of remembered today for for what they did in ECW. I don't think that ECW was built uh, on the back of thinking. We're going to create proper wrestling stars in this um, show that's about, you know, throwing someone through three tables and stuff like that. I, just, I personally think that was the, the goal for ECW. Yeah, and I suppose it appeals to a very, or its, its fan base is designed around an area of America, which is basically their version of Essex, where if you watch Class Action Park or the new one on um, Netflix with the ice hockey team, it's... Uh, that's that's the target audience. For me, the legacy of ECW is a hundred broken tables and about another hundred GoFundMe accounts. <laughs> Some somebody said it, and I can't remember what pod it was on, whether it was Connie's or not. Somebody said the ECW was the perfect show. Uh, if you'd been out of the pub on a Friday night and you'd come in and you're flicking the channels, ECW is the sort of thing that you would watch. You've had a wee couple of drinks. You've got rock music, you've got guys going through tables, you've got action spots, the crowd are right in there, and it looks pretty cool. You're, you're not going to watch a plumber wrestling a Manator or something like that. ECW was, at the time, it, it, it was an alternative to what the other two were putting on. And like you boys said, it, it got some stars, but it was it was a home for people that they wouldn't fit the WWE Rise Up profile. Or maybe weren't PC enough if that was a thing for for WCW. Well, we're all we're all football fans. I can I compare it to Harry Redknapp's West Ham. You know, it's cobbled together of has beens and never will bees, and they made something work. Um, in terms of it being the you know the greatest promotion ever, um, I think it's only Tommy Dreamer that thinks that. <laughs> Uh, but Tommy Dreamer's uh, out in some opinions this year that perhaps uh, we shouldn't be really said out loud. Uh, hey, there's nothing wrong with two ponytails. Mm, right, okay. Well, I agree, disagree on that. Uh, yeah. Si, here's one for you. Adam Page should not get the AEW world title. Nah, that's not. I mean, he's been building up to it for nearly, what, two, we've mentioned this before, nearly two years now of going, a stone line's been building, so. They're not going to just. They're not going to end it without a payoff. So, no, he'll be the champion by the end of the year for definite. See, for me, if I was booking it, I would not book him to be a title holder. I would book Daniel Bryan to the next title. I would have Adam Page just fall short, and then in a year or so, when Punk turns heel, because I think Punk's heel turn will be epic. I think he'll be able to turn on the crowd. He'll be able to ask how we guys his trainers back. He'll <coughs> not do his stage dives. And then eventually he'll we'll have the feud that we could have had when it was uh, 
Punk versus Austin about drinking and stuff like that. And if he was to beat a heel punk to win his first AEW title, I think that's a feel-good moment. But it just depends I wouldn't be surprised if, if Punk gets involved in the actual match itself and turns heel on him then, and then costs him the match. That would be the ultimate one at the end of this year, at the next pay-per-view, because I could see it happening. Um, I think he's he's already... He's gave away too many hints that he's going to be turning heel soon enough, so I think it's imminent. So... There's so much potential. I mean, like I said, the story, the storyline arc I like is, you know, the guy going for his first world title against all odds. And, it, and it's who's the placeholder that he takes it from. What AEW need to do is they need to get an organic world champion of their own that, you know, hasn't been ex. WWE or or whatever, no okay, Omega, yeah. Omega has been, but he's got the, the the Japan heritage, and it's they're going to have the same problem that WWE's got that they're going to have too big a roster without a tier system per se, and they're going to struggle to squeeze yeah right. everybody in because how do you then build someone back up to being a world champion when they've been in the opening match? You know, uh, the best storyline, I mean, that, that's a great storyline that you've suggested. The other one is you do what is natural and you make Cody heel and you turn him into Triple H 2003 or Ric Flair 1983. And, you know, it's the long raid where you are just sick of the sight of this fucker and you want <laughs> to see him get beat. And to be honest, I think the AEW audience are already like that. <laughs> the problem with AEW is you've got faces of the company, but the faces of the company are faces you'd never tire of punching. <laughs> oh, sorry, I can feel his, his background. <sighs> side. I love it. Right, I've got a list here, right? Um, <laughs> you can let me finish or you can interrupt me, right? Uh, Roman Reigns is absolute jobby and the most overrated wrestler in the last 20 years. No, that's wrong. Right? You can just say yes or no, right? Rollins was the best member of the Shield. Wrong. Um, Lesnar. Uh, I'd, I'd say it's Roman. Uh, Lesnar and Cena were always pish. Wrong, wrong. And when, though, like, what? <laughs> just, I hate the machine guns out here and we're just, we're just spraying and praying. Uh, the Fiend was pish. I'll agree with that. The Fiend was pish. That uh, was a good good concept. It should have been much better than it. Yeah. Yeah. Marty Jannetty was the best rocker. Wrong. Sean <laughs> <laughs> really, Michaels is, is the best he'll ever. I, really uh, want I love Sean. I really want to agree with the Marty Jannetty one, but like, I, I know I can. I really want to agree with that because yeah. I'm a big fan of Marty Jannetty. I think he was a great player, <laughs> but... Sean it depends on your, your definition of rocker because the guy's 60 years old is still strung out his tits on drugs so you know rock and roll baby <laughs> he also asked on uh, Facebook once if um, this 15 year old girl looked of age <laughs> no he actually asked if it, what was the one as well with it it could be my daughter <laughs> we haven't sat <laughs> together yet but I want to make sure <laughs> oh Marty was my favourite rocker, but I think that's because Sean turned heel, so obviously you, being young at the time, you, you went with all the good guys, even though I used to love Sean's 
uh, theme music and stuff like that. It was brilliant, man. It was uh, it was amazing. But uh, what we got here, Vince McMahon, and Sherry Martel walking to the ring in uh, SummerSlam 1992. Aye, um, th- there was a comment I saw left out here. It was about the, the ladies of the wrestling and, and who was better, but uh, it wasn't on a, a sporting front. So <laughs> no, you can't. You can't add that. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to bypass that one. Um, Vince McMahon's best bookings were all flukes, and he is actually a terrible booker. Nah, mm-hmm. nah. probably not. No, it's not true. He's had more hits nah. than misses overall. I, I, no, I wouldn't even say the only time that he got a fluke was uh, Brett's food, Brett. That's probably the only time he fluked that. And yeah, he, he, even at that, that created the Mister McMahon character, which is I think we can all agree one of the greatest characters in wrestling history. Yep, yep, he did. Looked onto that and. It worked. Ricky Starks has dug me and a bit slow. Uh, I've only ever seen him on Roads to the Top, and that really doesn't say much about him. Um, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't say slow, but I wouldn't. If I was to do not, like a top ten or twenty AEW wrestlers, he's not in there. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen him on Roads to the Top, and Kev, you and I were talking about in the group chat. It's like Cody says, "Oh yeah, Ricky Starks. Is it Starks or Sparks?" Starts. Starts. Ricky Starts only had six dollars in his bank account. Oh, gee, Cody, that's one dollar less than Rock had in his pocket. Andrade is pish. I agree. I'm not really seen him. Same. Uh, Christian is better than Edge. Mm, I disagree with that. Uh, Christian is old. Because if we're talking wrestling, I would probably say yeah. In a way, I, I wouldn't say. I, I, in terms of technical ability, Christian's definitely the better wrestler, but in terms of, you know, character development and just being a star, Edge had it all. Edge was just yeah. something different. Natural, yeah, natural I mean, heel Christian's up there, you know? I, I enjoyed just running TNA with, with Big Tyson Conquer. I thought it was decent there, but aye, nah, i got to say Edge was better. Goldberg was never any good in his entrance music. It's awful. Oh no, you can't be a bit of Goldberg, man. That was no, overly no over. entrance music. I, I, I'll agree. I'll agree. He was a shite wrestler, but entrance music's like that gets everybody done. Entrance music. Exactly. Uh, He'll still get the biggest pop of the night when he comes out in a couple of weeks and lands in his head in Saudi again. It's, it's one of those ones into where you go, yeah, Goldberg. And you go, oh fuck, Goldberg. Yeah. It's the ultimate warrior, apart from running down and shaking ropes, it's pyro breathing smoke, um, and then the bell rang. Exactly, I mean, but, which is fine. There, there's a place for these people on the card. I mean, you don't want to go out and see them have 25, 30-minute matches. You want to build them up a few, then have a squash someday, and then move on. Hey, Summer um, Sun 2019 against Ziggler was perfect for Goldberg. That, that, that was brilliant, because that I was awesome. Ziggler, and just wanted to see him get battled. But it wasn't great when he beats Fiend for the belt. No. I wasn't very good. But at his age, you feed him mid-card heels and you keep him away from the the big belts. There's no need to ruin your next generation of talent. You feed him somebody on the way down. I mean, if you look at the way Taker was brought in, Taker was fed with Jake Roberts and stuff like that, who was on the way down. He wouldn't have been fed Jake Roberts 10 years earlier. 10 years earlier, he would have fed somebody like Adrian Street or something like that. But by the same token, you feed you feed their mid card heels, and then you've got an ideal spot filler in between big pay per views. Yeah, it's a you know match against Goldberg for the title. Bang, Goldberg fails. 
feed them some more heels, you can recycle that, and that's what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, William Regal was quite tedious to watch in the ring. Oh, no. Yeah. He was brilliant. I can't really say I've ever enjoyed a Regal match, I want to be honest. Uh, no, that, that whole hard, hard-hitting British strong style is, is excellent to watch. See, if you watch it live in person, it's great to see it in person when they just start I think it might, be, it might be, but sometimes like on TV, it just I don't know, what, like you say, because it's a different style, I think it looks quite awkward a lot of the time. Yeah, I think it's... it's it's a acquired taste for death. But I like it. I like watching. I, I always, I always enjoyed like when he got the the brass knocks out, just because yeah. it, it was a bit different. There was some difference. So, um, the, of the punch. Yeah, I mean, I I really liked that a lot, and and I mean, see, see when he was doing all the backstage stuff as well, he was hilarious backstage. And that oh, well. aye, backstage he was brilliant. I mean, even now, WrestleMania seventeen after. with Kamala. <laughs> you bugger <laughs> off! Bugger off! But no, I mean Regal and. Early nineties WCW, that style fitted because it fits in a smaller, dingier arena. You know, to have someone come out and wrestle like that with you know the massive Titan Trons and such like, it's just it's square pegs and round holes. But, right, uh, I'm gonna do one last list, right? One last list, and then we'll we'll wrap it up for this evening because I've enjoyed this because I, I like hearing people's opinions and discussing them. Ultimate Warrior was better than Hogan. He just did, didn't kiss Fizz's ass. Bill, he can't, you can't say he was better than Hogan. It depends on what category. If you're saying overall, then no. But if you were, if you were to say, like... Well, no, nah, because I mean, they were both shite, wouldn't they? I don't really know. Though. Just uh, look at the Hogan amount of headlines. Yeah, the amount of pay-per-views the headlines. In terms of merchandise sales, no. In terms of mainstream crossover, no. In terms of charitable contributions, i.e. Make-A-Wish, etc., no. In terms of in-ring ability, um, it's a draw. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of luck. But, but the difference with Hogan is that Hogan worked that style because he got over that he didn't really need to do much. And, and to me, that's the, the ultimate way you want to be as a wrestler, where you don't really need yeah. to do a lot. And everybody laps it up as where Warrior really couldn't do it. Because like, Hogan's throwing drop kicks and all that sort of stuff in Japan. Yeah, well, One thing I will say about, about Hogan's in-ring ability, though, is something that he mentioned quite a while ago, and I can't remember what he said, but he he was talking about how he had, like, 24-inch uh, biceps back in the back in the good old days, and his finisher was a leg drop. Like, like to me, I, I kind of agree with that. It's just sort of like, why why is your finisher... I, 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 don't mind the build-up because the build-up obviously got the crowd going a lot, a lot of time. But um, the, the fact that your finishes are a, a leg drop and not something that's like a, like you know, I mean, JBL had like the clothesline from hell. That would have been perfect for Hogan. Hogan's arms are massive. Uh, that's that's to me that he clotheslines someone and takes him out. Oh, like that was his, leg drop. That was his Japan finisher as well, like the Stan Hansen lariat. Oh, was it? Okay, I didn't know that. Jesus, man, call yourself a fan of Japanese wrestling. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Right, what we've got here, WCW's cruiserweights were better than anything WWE has ever put together. WWE have never got the cruiserweight division right. They've never yeah, been able that, to do that, it. that's spot on. They, yeah, they, they've, had, they've had the talent as well, and they've just never got it right. Aye, they've never done it right. It's because Vince well, isn't used to it, so... They did, but they called it NXT. <laughs> <laughs> 205 Live uh, and all that rubbish. Aye, and they, they, they sort of stopped and built... Again, it goes back to everyone does high-flying things and dives, so therefore 
when the cruiserweights do it, it doesn't look different. WCW had different divisions where you had your cruiserweights that flew about, you had your wrestlers in the middle with your Benoit's, your Guerrero's, uh, you had your tag division, and then you had the sort of older guys at the top, but didn't really move very well, but you were shown to their characters. So it was a perfect cocktail, but uh, you're right, WCW have never been able to get the whole cruiserweight division. Sami Zayn is a top-level talent being wasted. Kevin Owens as well. Wouldn't surprise me if they two jump and do all sorts of stuff in AEW. Jericho should be mentioned before the vast majority is the greatest ever, Sai. Uh, he's he's definitely up there. I mean he's he's longevity, he's had what thirty odd years, so I mean he's he always reinvents himself pretty well. He's, for me he's my he's in my top five of all time. So yeah, I'd say he's definitely worthy of um being on MD's Mount Rushmore really, so He's, he's definitely a word they have been mentioned with the greats, for sure. Uh, and there beside Tony Kana. Um, yes. DNA was outstanding for five years. It was really good. I get right in TNA yeah. for a while, and then they sort of ruined it when they brought in Hogan and Bischoff, and they changed <laughs> the ring, and the Nasty Boys appeared, and you're like, it's 2010 or 1990, and I, it's, uh, mm. I don't think it's ever really recovered from that. The Samoa Joe cut angle matches are absolutely amazing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have we got? Last one. Kevin Nash has always been shite. <laughs> Pretty much. Nine I was times a fan of Diesel. I stopped watching just as Diesel sort of arrived and. I don't think you put that on Nash, you know. It's, um, it's when they change it from being the badass Diesel to saying, yeah, this is Kevin and he played basketball at University of Tennessee. Nobody gives two shits about that. That, that. that was Bruce's complaint that they changed them from Diesel to sort of Diesel Cave or whatever. And well, it was like, it's like he goes to a badass, he wins the title, and then he's leading the office party to singing bloody Christmas songs within a week. <laughs> uh, although I will say that I, I thought Kevin Nash was better than Diesel. Same way I thought Scott Hall was better than Razor Ramon. But it is what it is these are some people's opinions some of them are bad some of them are good some of you will agree with some of you will not um, have a fun lads I'll definitely do this again because I, I do enjoy listening to people's opinions and see what ones we agree with and what we don't um, all we need to do is thank the three for coming on and, and we'll get another topic soon uh, so thank you Sai. thank you very much mate cheers thank you Xander thanks for having me on mate it was a good wee laugh this. That's always a pleasure, mate. And then thank you, Craigie boy. Nay, hey, brother, I'm super stoked. Roads to the Top's on tonight. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy Roads to the Top, which is, quite frankly, the best wrestling show on TV right now. And we will speak to you again very, very soon. At Quite The Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators made without constraints.